originally from Mongolia. I moved around 35 times across five countries and I worked across Korea, Singapore and the US. So it's really safe to say that I've been storytelling, branding and really marketing myself ever since I can remember yeah. to create that kind of meaningful connections and build strong relationships. That became the cornerstone of my career breakthroughs every single time. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, I can't believe it, but it is May, which means we are celebrating Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And I am proud of my own Filipino-Hawaiian heritage. And I'm excited to celebrate the voices of amazing AAPI leaders, each with valuable insights that we can all learn from. So visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com slash AAPI to see our full collection of AAPI voices. Plus, every single week this month, we'll be featuring an amazing executive and leader, all who identify as Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander. And to kick off the month, we have an amazing guest. It is Sina Baez-Galan, who is the Managing Director of Marketing and Communications at Global Private Capital Association. She's also the Head of Partnerships and Programming at Asians in Advertising. But before we get to Sina, I want to talk a little bit about busting through bias. Well, we know that if we are human beings, we have bias. Because our human brain was wired to have bias back when we were cave people in order to protect ourselves from all of the elements out there. But unfortunately, in our society, bias still holds many people back, especially those of us that come from marginalized communities. Now, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to talk about that, but we don't live in a perfect world. So as you think about leading with your brain, I always want you to remember that you have these amazing tailwinds. These are those supersized brand attributes that really help you go forward faster and with less energy. And we all have those headwinds, those winds that are blowing against us that are causing drag on our brand. Now, sometimes those headwinds come from some of those unconscious behaviors that we all demonstrate or perhaps even learned actions and behaviors that have just become bad habits for us over time. Now, those are the ones that are easy for us to identify and control. On top of that, I want all of you to remember that we all have headwinds that are in the form of societal bias, especially for those of us from marginalized communities. So what I want you to think about if you're from a marginalized community is to look at ways to make sure that you are constantly showing up and leading with the brand that you want people to see. 
Now, unfortunately, if we show up as invisible, if we show up as just another person in the crowd, that's when bias jumps in. Because I don't ever want someone to think of you as that Asian gal that works in finance or that gay guy that works in human resources. Anytime someone is labeling us based on that social identity, we know that it is coming with all of the tailwinds and especially especially all of the headwinds that people have unconscious bias about in our society. So we've got to make sure that we replace that so that we are seen as unique individuals. Now, how can you do that? I want you to make sure that you have thought of those four to eight supersized attributes that uniquely describe you as a person, that make you stand out from the crowd and make you not a boring old commodity like coffee, but rather a super premium brand like Starbucks, and that you are showing up, introducing yourself that way, and delivering signature projects in that way. Because I want want people to know you not for your social identity, but rather for the unique value proposition that you bring. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm proud of all of my social identities. I'm proud of being a member of the LGBTQ plus community. I'm proud to be a multiracial guy. Heck, I'm even proud of being a short guy that's about to turn 50. But I don't want to be described that way because that's not how I get in the door. And that's not how I get my next gig. I get those things by showing up as the unique Jason, just like you can show up like the unique you that only you can be. Well, we've got an amazing show to kick off Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. I have Sina Baez-Galen, who is currently serving as the Managing Director of Marketing and Communications at Global Private Capital Association and serves as the Head of Partnerships and Programming at Asians in Advertising. Now, Sina is a sought-after speaker, advisor, and mentor. She is passionate about guiding brands to prioritize purpose over product, and she takes pride in fostering diversity, equity, and inclusion within her company and our community. Through her involvement within the DEI community, Sina advocates for social justice, women's empowerment, and inclusive leadership. She is dedicated to promoting and elevating people from underrepresented groups to higher leadership positions and and serves as a professional mentor at several organizations, including APIA Scholars, Women Who Create, Asians in Advertising, She Runs It, and 3AF. Additionally, she facilitates hashtag I Am Remarkable by Google, an initiative that empowers women and underrepresented groups to openly discuss their achievements and overcome modesty norms and glass ceilings. We'll be back in just a few moments with Sina Baez Gallen. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. We have a fabulous guest with us today. It is Sina Baez-Galan, who is the Managing Director of Marketing and Communications at Global Private Capital Association. Sina, what is going on? Hi, Jason. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm actually staying pretty busy onboarding to my new role that you just announced. Um, It's been a really exciting time and really busy. Yay. Well, we are super thrilled. And I know it's always a busy time when you're starting a new gig. but, But kick off with that. Tell us a little bit about this new role that you're in. Um, yeah, so it's really funny. So I actually, this, this role came to me, uh, I was referred to it, 
by a really good friend uh, named Kenny, who I met through this nonprofit that I volunteer extensively extensively on. Um, it's called Asians in Advertising. It's a nonprofit aimed for creative Asian creatives in the creative industry, marketing, communications, and advertising. Um, and uh, where in early January. I, I was having dinner with Kenny and some friends in DC and I just like casually told them like, you know what, I think I really want to join this, you know, join an organization that's more impactful mm. and, and, you know, impact driven, that's doing something really, you know, meaningful in the world. And I really want to pivot. And he's like, Tina, that's so funny you said that because I just saw a role today from my one of my um, uh, you know friend who posted about it on LinkedIn. Let me refer you to him. So that's how it started. And after you know several interviews and really great uh, meetings, I started last Monday. Wow! And, and it's funny because like sometimes things happen that way, you know, so out of nowhere. But you know, like having a great network is so important yeah. especially in your career. Yeah, and I mean, Sina, that's really kind of the whole power of having a great network, right? And and part of uh, you know, volunteering and giving your services enables other people to like be on the lookout for you. So I love that story. Now tell us a little bit about your work at Asians in Advertising because I know you're the head of partnerships and programming for that nonprofit organization which helped you land your 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 new brand new gig. Tell us a little bit about that group. Yeah, absolutely. So Asians in Advertising, we're a very young organization. We were founded a little over two years ago, uh, March 2021, uh, by two women uh, named Bernice Chow, Jocelyn Lam. Um, They met at a networking event, virtual networking event, and they just (laughs) like, hey, can we have a, you know, virtual call just to connect and then they they their passion matched you know their mission matched and they were just had very similar values and then they created agents in advertising and um, I became a board member and head of partnerships from the beginning so I joined them in in a few few weeks after they created the organization and it's been an incredible journey because the the organization is really focused on growing an inclusive community by connecting Asians in the advertising industry and creative industry and really want to elevate the elevate the members into the next level in their career and showcase Asian talent to shine a light on them. So we do this, you know, by our, you know, by creating events, creating resources, creating, you know, uh, tools that can help our members to elevate and, you know, um, ultimately uh, closing the C-suite advancement gap for Asians by being the industry standards for Asian and Pacific Islander leadership and upward mobility and resources. So it's, it's, it's an incredibly young organization, but, but now in, in, you know, a little over two years, we have over 40, I mean, 4,500 members across wow. 30 countries. That's amazing. And we're creating... Thank you. Yeah, we are creating enormous amount of impact um, on our members. So, Sina, you're doing all of these kind of things. Help me um, think back as you look back on your career. What have been some Mm -hmm. of those career breakthrough moments that helped you sort of level up to these two really significant roles uh, that you do, both as your passion work as well as uh, as your day job, right, If, if we might call it that? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you said day job. Um, I call agents in advertising my night job, my weekend job, because <laughs> <laughs> I spend so much time there, and and my parents think I'm like the most uninteresting pe- person. Um, but because <laughs> as a- Asian parents, they're asking like, when are you getting married? But you know, I'm obviously not spending time there. Um, but. <laughs> it's it's the cultural thing right. um yeah so like thinking back of my career and just like breakthrough i think you know just let me go back a little bit more further um i'm originally from mongolia i moved around 35 times across five countries 
And I worked across Korea, Singapore, and the U.S. So it's really safe to say that I've been storytelling, branding, and really marketing myself ever since I can remember to create that kind of meaningful connections and build strong relationships. That became the cornerstone of my career breakthroughs every single time. I've, I've found agents in advertising, obviously through networking. I found, you know, all these, you know, my, all my uh, previous roles through a lot of networking um, and being visible in the industry. Right. Um, And what's really funny is like, I've had some ridiculous feedback and, or just like comments about, you know, Oh, you're an Asian girl, but like you're really outspoken. Right? <laughs> it's like a backhanded compliment, yeah. right? Um, it's it's so it's like it's expected. A lot of times culturally, I'm expected. People think I'll be very quiet. I'll be very you know whatever. But I'm not like that because I had to make an impact and some kind of impression of myself and people I've. I'm around in a very short amount of time and create like strong relationships so I can have those people in my life. So I think that really helped me navigate my career even to this day. Yeah. And so talk to me, what was, what was kind of the hardest thing about moving around all of the time and how has that kind of shaped who you are and, and how you're so successful in business today? I mean, it, when I think back, it was so hard to, you know, constantly changing your school and the people you're around. But I now I now I think about it, it, it was such a privilege to be surrounded by these kind of different culture and contacts and people and learn from that and being adaptable to those so quickly. I think that became kind of like my superpower, yeah. you know, at this point, because Ultimately, whatever industry you're in, in whatever job you have, a lot of it depends on how well you understand people. And as a marketer, that's really important to me. And that's one of my favorite part of being a marketer and brand, you know, branding person and communications person is that you get to hear different people's stories, right? Yeah. And you get to tell their stories in a different way that can reflect them the best way, right? Best light. So I think, I think that's my favorite part. And it's just, you know, that, that kind of power of being adaptable, being flexible and being able to understand people and having that kind of empathy really, really helped me advance in my career and not only, you know, go up, but also kind of create that trust and, um, connections across all like vertically and horizontally. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would say, yes, it was hard when I was young because I could never have like, you know, friends for more than a year, (laughs) but I still, (laughs) yeah, I still stay in touch with them because with that one short year, I really wanted to create deep, meaningful relationship with these people. So I, even though I move away, we're constantly in contact with each other and helping. Yeah. And, and now talk to me about, you know, marketing and advertising advertising and communications, that's the space you play in. Now, when you were younger, mm-hmm. is that like always the place you wanted to be? Or or what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? So I come from a great poverty in Mongolia. Mm-hmm. So like I, I grew up in a, in a, you know, like a hut called Ger in Mongolian. It's basically, you know, kind of like a Mongolian traditional housing uh, situation and we had no electricity, you know, no wow. running water. You have to kind of walk like 30 minutes to go get water, you know, carry wow. it back home. So like that kind of environment, um, I grew up in that kind of environment, but when, when I like think back now, I mean, think back then and then where I am now, it's just so incredible how much things can change. Right. Um, and, when I was, when I was in that age, like when I was young and being in that, living in that kind of environment, I really didn't know like what you can even be, right? Like I just want to be like, 
I want to have some really good, you know, sweets. Like I didn't even think I've had like chocolate until I was eight years old. Oh like, my god! Never tasted chocolate until I was eight. So like that was like, oh my god, what is this incredible thing? Like this is all I want to eat in my entire life, <laughs> and I still feel that way. Like I love chocolate. <laughs> um, but yeah, but so so I I don't like and and. And back in the day, like the the UN used to come with like you you know uh, UNICEF aid, yeah. so they would give us like clothing, like because Mongolia is so so cold, they would bring us like you know warm like hats and gloves and stuff like that. And I remember thinking like that is really cool. Like I really want to help people who are in need. So when I grew like when I got older and attended schools. I was very interested in becoming like a diplomat or work for the UN. And then, so that's why I went to school for international relations and uh, majored in international relations and business. And then in college, I started volunteering for refugee centers and uh, immigrant centers and just started teaching, you know, uh, kids from immigrant family, you know, with their studies and stuff like that. And then I really love that kind of community that's helping each other and like uh, helping people that's replaced from their places, right? Like refugees that didn't have choice to be where they are, but they have to adjust anyway, yeah. right? It kind of reminds me of, you know, that keep moving around and not really feeling home somewhere. So my volunteer work really made me realize like, oh, I want to do this more. I want to work for a nonprofit. Um, and then I started helping with the nonprofit I was volunteering for with their communications. You know, the <laughs> I call myself, I used to manage social media before there was uh, uh, MySpace because <laughs> South Korea is very, very, like before there was like actual social media. But um, in South Korea, there was like a platform called SciWorld. Mm. So it's a, it's kind of like now thinking back, it was almost like the metaverse. So you could have like a characters living and have like a furniture and stuff. Anyways, so I used to manage that for that organization that uh, refugees and they're trying to get more donations and fundraisings and stuff like that. And, and, you know, doing email campaigns and stuff. So I really started enjoying that work and then pursued that even after um, uh, I graduated in national relations. So marketing kind of, kind of came very naturally. Um, And, 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 and like I said earlier, like I just love people and I could like people watch all day. So now being in New York city, it's like my, (laughs) my (laughs) playground. I'm watching all kinds of people. Like, where did you come from? Like, what's your story? You know? Um, so, and, and, and that's ultimately like what marketing is like being a successful marketer is just being really curious about people, you know, their story, how can you tell their story the right way? So, um, yeah, I, and I really, really love being in this industry. Talk to me. How did you get from going to school in Seoul and working in Singapore to actually coming to New York City, your dream city? Um, I so I studied and started my career in South Korea, and then I was working in Singapore during the summertime, and then when. Um, and before New York City, there was Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear me saying y'all, that's that's why um, people always get like, "What? Were you from South?" Um, but but yeah. So I was I was studying in uh, South Korea, and then I had an opportunity to get scholarship and come uh, study at University of Texas at Austin. So I came to UT Austin, graduated there, started uh, stayed there working, um, and then relocated to DC for my previous job, and then now I'm in New York City. <laughs> so it's like all over the place in the US. <laughs> exactly, oh, and 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 so we'll we'll forgive the Southern drawl now that you're a, a, a New Yorker. <laughs> now that now that we know, and what have been some of the other sort of big moments in your career that have really led up to your current role at Global Private Capital Association? I would say, I mean, this 
you know, this role alone is such a breakthrough, you know, career movement for me yeah. uh, because it's such a high level. It's my first high level executive position at a mission driven organization, mm. which was exactly what I was looking for. And um, this is very sp- special. This role is very special because I had a very specific vision of what I wanted in my next move. Yeah. Um, and this job checked all the boxes. Mm. I mean, like it's pretty mind blowing to find an organization that met my, you know, every career wish list. Yeah. Uh, right. Like, cause that's really rare. And one of the, th- one of, because like one of the things that was really important to me was working for a mission driven organization that's making a real impact and to make it even more uh, specific. I also, you know, wanted to work for a female CEO. Mm, so wow. I turned down multiple offers prior to this because I was looking for that strong female leader yeah. that I can partner with. Um, but statistically, as you know, like <laughs> only one in four C-suite execs are women. Yeah. So that really limited my <laughs> options, right? <laughs> um but now I get to work with this total incredible role model of uh, uh, of a woman, our CEO, Kate Ambrose, a remarkable leader yeah. and a total boss. Um, and then the best part, also another best part, is the team she built is ju- and the board is just incredibly diverse, which is also something really important to me you know, uh, from all my work with all my volunteer work with agents and advertising and other organizations. So, and then on top of all that, (laughs) our mission is really all about connecting and influencing key market participants, you know, promoting sectors, strategies, deals that drive investment returns, but also meet societal needs. Mm. I mean, talking about a dream job, yeah. right? So it's, it's, this is, the, so that's why this role is such a significant career breakthrough for me. And what really led me to this role is my, you know, personal, like my, my past few years of constantly working on my personal brand, yeah. constantly networking, right? Constantly thinking of my career as uh, more of like a very flexible term. So like being a, being part of a community, strong community like Asians in advertising really helped me connect with people who are like-minded, right? Like passionate about similar things as me, passionate, care about, you know, helping each other, sharing, sharing resources and creating a space for networking that is really easy and organic. So I think that was really, really pivotal for me to get to this role. Yeah. And I I love that it's like you actually said no to things that didn't feel core to who you are, right? And you you've you right. like stayed out to find that thing that was like that perfect combination of like what you're passionate about, right? And and kind of what your your mission and core belief is meshed with your superpowers around communications and marketing and branding, but in a place that that actually has a strong need for that, right? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. So it's just a lot of times people settle Mm. right in their career and i understand that there's so many things that plays when you settle um you know sometimes you just don't have the luxury to to be looking for that perfect list yeah. of you know perfect combination of all your check boxes but that's why i always say like the best time to look for a job is when you have a job but <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah. And and talk to me a little bit about like, you know, settling, obviously not everyone has, you Mm. know, the privilege in order to, to Mm. do that right. In, in terms of financially or, or already being employed, but how do you handle that? Like when those job offers come in or people are like, come work for us. And you're like, ah, not the perfect fit. I'm still holding out. Like, how do you make those kind of decisions in the moment? So early in my career, I think that was a little more difficult because I'm, I'm just like, if I'm in, if I have a bad manager, I'm like, I just want to get the hell out of here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares about the mission of this organization? But you know, that, that comes with a lot of costs. Yeah. I think later when you down the, when you think more with the long-term vision of your career, yeah. um, and I, I, I started realizing that after, you know, a few jobs in 
<clears throat> excuse me, but it's for me, it helped me think about and connect my values and my passion to what I really want to achieve in my career. Mm. So when I, when I interview, like when I'm talking to a prospect role, right? Like prospect prospective company or whatever, um, I would really like imagine myself in that company and connect my vision and my values with theirs. So like one of my favorite questions to ask uh, in an interview from executives or, you know, leaders of the company or managers is like, why did you start this company? You know, what's the intention behind this company exists. So like that kind of gives me, you know, the founder's vision of like where that person, how did that person see the organization help in overall, like, the, the good of all human being, right? Yeah. Because what I want to initially do is like, because I spend eight hours, at least eight hours a day at work with these people. Yeah. Like, at I least, want right? my work. Yeah. At <laughs> least. Um, <laughs> I want my work to be meaningful. Mm. I want my work to create impact, right? I want to be part of an organization, um, you know, and lead people, you know, people who are empowered to do the best of their ability to create meaningful changes. So it's, it's thinking about your, you know, mission, thinking about your values, why you want, like, where do you see your career going in the down the path and connecting that to the organization you're talking to in their mission. I think that really helps you to see yourself like, can I do this job, right? Will mm. I be successful or am I going to be really sick and tired of it down the road, like eight months down the road and started looking for some other job? Yeah. So I think it's almost worth waiting for the organization that you know you're going to be successful at. You know you're going to be valued. You know you're going to create impact. So like if the mission of the organization, you can connect it to yours, and as a, as a result, you can really feel like mm. what do you do every day for eight hours yes. is, you know, contributing to that mission, then you're going to be happy regardless of how, how hard that work may feel. Cause like you're making difference, yeah. right? So in, 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 in just kind of thinking that kind of long-term vision to, to find the one that's really going to make you feel like you're contributing. Yeah. And I, I I love Cena that for you, it's like, you know, you're in a job interview, but you're really interviewing them, right? Like is absolutely, you know, is this going to be the right fit for me? And are we a brand fit, right? Like, can we be co-branded together in a way that feels meaningful and creates impact and value down the road? And so, Sina, let's talk a little bit about your brand as a leader. Give me um, three words that you would use or maybe others would use to describe brand Sina. Mm. Very curious. Mm. Um, Loyal. Yes. And inclusive. Oh, Awesome. So curious, loyal, and inclusive. So talk to me, how do you show up that way as a leader, whether that's in business or in volunteer and other impact work? Mm. Well, I, I really believe in the concept of the, the servant and inclusive leadership. Yeah. And that the, you know, that the job of the leader is to serve the people who they lead and mm. protect them, right? Yeah. If you're always feeling like you're the smartest person in the room, then you will always hire the people who are less clever than you. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Um, but for me, I want to be surrounded by these brilliant people, you know, marketers and communicators and more who are smarter than me, who knows more, who I can learn from. Yeah. So like what I've, experienced and seen a lot is the difference between very insecure bosses who put their people down and very ungenerous versus those leaders who invest in growing people around them and giving people space, right? Giving people ambitious assignments, willing to take chances on people, help people develop, right? Give people the little nudge and um, opportunities to grow and like really looking at their people 
and reflect them back their potential instead. Because I think as a leader, you have enormous amount of influence over your people, even with your facial, you know, uh, facial movements. Yeah. So if you're if you're making a face that's like so disappointed in this person that's not going to help that person do better next time. Yeah. They're going to be even worse. They're going to, as you know, like we're, we're the worst self-critics, right? Yeah. So it's going to, it's going to, it's going to worsen that. So that, and, and, and the effect of these type of leaders can have on their people and their career and the organization of the bottom, like the organizational bottom line is just very, very, you know, enormous. And, um, and like, I think I really believe that, you know, people leave bad managers, not bad companies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So and, and another thing about inclusivity is like the, the issue of diversity is something I really championed in every organization I've, I've been part of. And I invest a lot of my time and efforts and resources to get more women and people from underrepresented groups. To, you know, into leadership roles. Yeah. So having staff and team members that look like the demographic we serve as an organization or as a brand and, and, and can reach those people is so important. And I think it's important to any organization. So I really try to focus on that and really be curious, culturally curious, yeah. right? And be very, like, have that benign ignorance when it comes to people just, like, ask them. Yeah. Like, Tell me about yourself. Um, I won't assume anything. Like, how can I? How can I best understand you and help you so you can show up as your authentic self instead of you know um, trying to fit in or trying to code switch? Because earlier in my career, I've done that. Right? Yeah. Like, I moved here from Asia, so my culture is completely different than what the culture here in corporate America. So, like me having to unlearn certain things and then relearn, you know, the how you can be successful in corporate America has been really, really difficult. So I think it kind of gave me that kind of empathy towards other people, right? Especially those from underrepresented groups. Um, so I try to be very mindful, you know, very curious, um, and and just just approach everyone with, you know, that kind of benign ignorance and just be like, how can I earn your trust so you can disclose, you know, what's important yeah. to you. And Sina, you you talked about you know moving from Asia, having grown up in. Singapore and Seoul and right, I mean, and the like these mega uh, hubs in in yeah. Asia, and then moving to the U.S. What were some of those things that you felt like you needed to unlearn and then learn to be successful in corporate America? Oh my gosh, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> it's like it, I'll, Jason. I'll I'll be completely honest with you because I feel like I'm still on learning a lot of things. Yeah, it's so hard because it's like ingrained into you since childhood, yeah. right? So, like for instance, as an Asian woman who were born and raised in Asia, what what there are certain expectations like be a good girl, be quiet, yeah. you know. Um, don't, you know, don't like make waves mm. basically. But, but as a person, I'm like, this is not my game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, w- <laughs> I want to make waves. You know what I mean? Like I want to make difference. Like that is my mission. That is, m- that's what I s- see myself. So Asia in a way I felt very, um, trapped. Mm. I felt like I couldn't really be who I am. And then I came to the U S but with all my learned and, you know, uh, uh, baggages and coming here and then trying to like work, like how I was working in a corporate Korea. Right. Um, it didn't work because people are like, Oh, she's a quiet one. She, she doesn't say much. Like we're not going to ask her questions. So I'm like, Oh, this is not working either. (laughs) I need to do something different. Um, and then, like, I think that's when I really realized, like, regardless of how hard you work, you know, that as like as I taught as as a kid in Asia, and just be quiet and you know work hard, that really doesn't work in America. 
because you kind of have to, you know, bring visibility onto your yeah. work and onto your personal brand, onto yourself in order to be kind of stick out of the crowd, right? Yeah. Especially when you're a person from underrepresented groups. So it's, it's, um, it's those kind of things. And I will tell you, it's really funny, like in Asia, like that even the saying is different in Asia. It's like the loudest duck gets shot. Yeah. But in America, like the, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's so different. Yeah. And now you talked all about how important it is for organizations to be like mission driven and focused on their mission and focus on their why. Mm -hmm. What is your personal mission and what is your why that drives not only your brand, but your career? So as a marketer and, and, and as someone who's really passionate about inclusivity, I really want to continue invest in our next generation mm. and not because yeah, like all these issues that exist, but I kind of want to educate people, the next generation of, you know, students and, and professionals early on in their career so they can have sustainable career, mm. right? They can have, you know, they don't have to go through things as hard as how I went through it. Yeah. So I think, it, I think that's something I'm really, really passionate about. And, and cause like, if you, I also think like, cause one of the students are like, oh, so it's like you, you're trying to break the glass ceiling. I'm like, well, I, I, I don't like to think about it as a glass ceiling because it implies like if somebody broke it, somebody could, the rest of the people can just kind of like follow through, yeah. right? But it doesn't work that yeah. way. I like the term like more sticky door, <laughs> right? <laughs> Cause, exactly. Cause, yeah, because like sticky Sticky doors imply a more two-way relationship because yeah. Yeah, you need to be willing to give it a firm like push to get it open. But it's also easier when someone on the other side is pulling it for you. Yeah. So I kind of want to be that person on the other side pulling it for the per- people who are coming after me. Yeah. So I love it's like your mission is really how do you – how can you make it a better experience for, for the people coming up behind you? Absolutely. And really to like, as a result, redefine and reimagine leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Now talk to me as a marketer, Mm -hmm. what are some things that you, tools or techniques that you use to market your organizations or the programs or the clients that you're working with that you think people could do that same thing to build their own personal and professional brand? This is so simple, but I think a lot of organization leaders forget is that your mission and your values and what you, what your, your why is so, such a great point to market, you know, market about because like people like to hear stories, right? Like, why did you start this? What is it like? Why, why do you have, you know, if you think about a brand Patagonia. Yeah. What do you know? Right. It's, it's, yeah, it creates, it designs these incredible quality sporting uh, goods and sporting uh, items, but it's beyond that. You know, it's beyond like people are very loyal to this brand because it, it stands for environmental sustainability. So it's like, you can think about your personal branding brand as this, it's, it's a very similar way. Like what is your value? What do you bring to the table, right? Like, where? what is your mission? And as a result, like, how can you contribute to whatever you are with with, with all of these things that you have about it? And, and I tell people, like, your brand state, you can even create a brand statement that's like a one sentence. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this, like, sentence that you have to live and die by, but you can update it as you go, yeah. you know, as you, as you grow in your career, in your life. So it's, it's, but it's a good guiding line like guiding posts where you can kind of like, if you feel very like, uh, in doubt, or if you feel kind of lost in your career or lost in your life. And like, let me think about that. Like in my living, you know, by my values, am I living, am I working towards my mission? Am I making impact? So I think that's, that's an easy way to really, um, 
create your personal brand and kind of update it and, you know, change it as you go. Yeah. So, Sina, do you have like a brand statement for yourself? The last time I updated it, it's like I'm passionate about connecting with people, you know, and who's doing innovative ways to do good in the world and empower people women and people from underrepresented groups to um, help them get into elevate in their career and really redefine and reimagine leadership for the future generation. That's awesome. Um, Asina, we could talk, (laughs) we could talk all day, but I have a few fun, quick closing questions for you. We've been talking about your brand. What is your Mm -hmm. favorite brand or what brand are you obsessed with as a consumer? So there's the brand Pangaya. It's a a consumer clothing brand. And so they, everything they make is like a recycled uh, uh, material. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful brand. It's like a, their design is beautiful. It's very simple, but it's sustainable. Mm, Love that. And now if Sina was a car. What type of car would you be and why? So when I was in Texas, I used to drive to uh, car shows. <laughs> and I my car was G, uh, 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 67 Chevy. Um, oh, what's that car's name? It's like um, Mustang. Yeah. And it's like silver with like black uh, racing stripes. Yeah. And... What was really wild was like people would just look at me like, and she's Asian, you know, that's like American classic. <laughs> but, but I thought it was such a good combination because, you know, that, that car is such a classic American car, but at the same time now it's like, I, I, I see myself as very traditional, but also very like, um, un- you know, very, um, unpredictable when it comes to like what I like and what I don't like. Like I would like something so much today. And then I would like tomorrow I would totally forget about it. (laughs) So I think, I I, I don't know. So when I just think about it, it's like, Oh, like American muscle car from the 67, like, mm." but then that, that car was the first thing came to mind. I love that. I had so much fun driving it. (laughs) A 67 Mustang. And finally, Sina, I know that you you have mentees and you're constantly mentoring and coaching in the community. What Mm -hmm. is the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? So this is something I actually got from Cindy Gallup. Uh, mm. She's an advertising legend. Yeah, uh, it's just phenomenal woman. Her her personal brand is just like beyond you know out of this world. Yeah, she's such a strong role model for me. Um, she came to our agents and advertising summit and she keynoted it the first day um, last year. And then when she and then she said that tell people how to think about you as a leader. Mm. You know. Don't let people define who you are. Like you tell people who you are. Ooh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Like, because people don't know anything about you when they first meet you. So what do you say to them is what ultimately they're going to see you as. Mm. So like, that's why your personal brand is so important. Oh, I love that. Well, uh, Sina, thank you so much for being on the show. You have so much energy, so many great um, nuggets. Tell us if people want to learn more about Asians and advertising and all of the great events and programs you all are doing, how can they find out more? Yeah, so we have a website. It's asiansandadvertising.com. You'll be able to see about all about our summit that's coming up next Thursday, May 4th. Uh, uh, it's called Breaking Barriers. And if you're a student, you can join for free. So I highly, highly recommend. It has amazing speakers. Like uh, the keynote is Eric Toda from Meta. So there are many amazing speakers. I'm super excited to tune in and I'm also moderating a uh, session. So uh, join us there. And we also have a LinkedIn page, Instagram, 
all Asians in advertising. We also have a private LinkedIn group where we post like a career resource, scholarship resource, you know, all kinds of opportunities for you to have, create, you know, find resources and build network and uh, ask for help. Awesome. Well, we will see you on Thursday, Sina, and uh, we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an amazing conversation with Sina Baez-Gallen, the Managing Director of Marketing and Communications at Global Private Capital Association. Now, if Sina can overcome all of the obstacles that she has faced in her life to be hugely successful and in service of others, then none of us have an excuse. You know, there was so much great insights and advice from Sina, but the one thing that really stood out from me was this whole notion of just not falling into the box, not letting the outside world define you. Now, of course, our brand needs to be in service of others and our career audience, and it also needs to be authentically and uniquely you. Cena was a great example of that, whether it's the car that she comes in and drives or the way that she shows up, asserts herself, and speaks out in meetings to advocate for great brand ideas or advocate for our community. Well, that's our show for this week. If you loved what you heard, make sure you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll deliver a brand new show every single week. Now, remember, it is Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and we are celebrating all month where you can check out our AAPI Voices collection on leadwithyourbrand.com slash AAPI. Now, check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And feel free to drop me a note or a question on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to incorporate it into the show. Most importantly, in your career, don't be that boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.